0: Hello I'm John Hassel and I'm Stuart Beard, and you're listening to the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. That's right Stuart and we are back
1: for part two of our A1 special and once again we are joined by Duncan McKnight. Hello Duncan. John hello how are we? I'm not too bad it's good to have you back. Good to be back here. Okay, so for those of us who might be tuning in an episode late here, mm-hmm. can you remind us what we covered in Podcast One? Give a bit of a recap and yep. where we got
2: up to. Well, we're speaking about the A1 today. Mm-hmm. We started with a bit of an overview of what was going to happen in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. and then we spoke about the dual carriageway from Edinburgh all the way to Thistley Cross Roundabout, and that's the expressway. Okay. So at Thistley Cross, the expressway ends, and the A1 becomes all-purpose, so I can take my horse and cart on it now. Okay. If you want to think of it like that. <laughs>
1: Good.
0: I um, got that reference. That's good. fine. So we're going to cover everything then from Fisley Cross all the way down to Berwick. All the way down to Berwick. To the border. Yes. Okay. And then we'll have oh. a bit of a discussion about
1: the A1 itself. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got some questions as well, haven't we? Yeah,
0: we've got a couple of questions. And what else are we going to consider? We're going to consider the route as a whole, how mm-hmm. it performs, whether mm-hmm. there are better alternatives to it. Uh, the type of people who use it, where they're going, where they're coming from. So we're going to discuss all that as well. So, yeah, Duncan, on that note... Mm-hmm. Take us from we'll, Thistle Cross we'll South. Crack on.
1: So, yes. uh, Thistley Cross, the expressway,
2: opened in 2004, as we've said. Now, as you, you might be thinking, as you come off the expressway, you might think it's all jewelled all the way down when that opened. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sadly not. No. Okay. There was a... there Between... At Dunbar, there are two roundabouts. There's Thistley Cross and there's Spot roundabout. Between here, the road was jewelled in two phases. Okay. So, from Thistley Cross to Bowerhouse, that opened on the 1st of March 2005. And That was one kilometre of dueling. That was the last bit to be done. Okay, and the second bit from Bowerhouse to Spot Roundabout that opened on the 13th of November 2002, and that was bought in Morrison's. Okay,
0: okay. so so this thistle across the Bowerhouse, um, was that Scott Wilson and Balfour Beatty as well? I couldn't tell you that. Unfortunately, right. this
2: is a bit of a mysterious section, yeah.
0: Maybe a council. Section
2: just finishing it's, it it's all strange. off.
1: Strange, it's funny we get this sometimes with more recent ones and I think yeah. it was one of the most recent upgrades to the A one we don't know much about. Yes, it, so. This was really the last one that was constructed.
0: Right. So this is what we need to know then. So we need we need someone to tell us, get in touch, let us know who designed and built that final kilometre long section. Yes. Fists across. Yeah. Because uh, it is a section of trunk road, so it would have been taken forward by the Scottish Executive yeah. at that time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we need to know that. I'm that gonna that make is. a guess yeah. it. it was a council
2: thing, maybe East Lothian mm, Council, well, maybe they,
0: they may have managed it on behalf of the Scottish. Yeah. East Egg, but they, they certainly wouldn't have built it or, or, right. ma- or, or designed it. I wouldn't have thought mm-hmm. by that stage. Uh, so yeah, we need, we, need to, we need to do some digging on that one, John. On that one, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Burhouse to Spot Roundabout. Yes. So that was two thousand two. That was two thousand two, and that was Morrison's constructed ah. that one.
1: Another one. Here's the thing. So uh, was there a Spot Roundabout before? I
2: mm, I don't think so. Right. I think okay. it was originally just a crossroads with Spot Road. And right, I see your carriageway, maybe around. roundabout. Because I've been a spot right in. and it does
0: look all quite modern and yes. what that yes. was put in there. It's yeah. spot roundabout, the one with the Asda and the McDonald's. And yes, yeah. that's that one. Okay.
2: One thing to point out with Thistley Cross, I forgot to mention this, as you're coming up to it, you've got fancy LED arrows. Have you seen this? No. No, no, no as you're coming up to it, you've got a big sort of sequence of arrows that go, they sort of point you to the left. It's quite fancy. All right, okay. Yeah, I remember driving down there at night and going... What is this? Right. So this is really, this is really, this is a good little feature. I think it's on during the day as well. So if you go along, look at this. And oh, where post. do you see
1: these? Are these at the side of the road or are these? These are on the, the on the roundabout as you're coming towards
0: it. So ah, you've got these right.
2: lights that sort of guide you round.
0: So they're like quite, on the chevron signs, yes, or
2: yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. It'll be very good. Um, and
1: somebody plows into them all, and then the other one <laughs> going the other way has been destroyed, unfortunately. Oh, so, they'll probably sit okay. like that for years. <laughs> I know, that's it.
2: <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on from there. Mm -hmm. Um, so from spot roundabout south of there the A1 has got a bit of a history oh so historically a long time ago the A1 today's A1 curves down to the south to follow the railway line originally immediately after spot road it dived under the railway okay and ran alongside the railway line with the cement works between the road and the railway yeah we get to the 70s and the cement works want to expand a bit Mm mm-hmm and uh, they were kind of stuck as to where they wanted to expand. So it was quite much easier to divert the road. So, And they said to Lothian Regional Council, could you design a diversion for us? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the Brock's Mouth to Scatteraw Diversion. This opened in January of 1981. This was designed by Lothian Regional Council and built by A. Monk and Co. Yep. This was a single carriageway road that went from essentially spot roundabout down to um the power station. Right. And it was built with a big concrete surface. Right. Okay. Because uh, the cement works were helping to construct this section.
1: Okay. So <laughs> makes that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I know there is that
2: concrete section. The concrete yeah. section. Um the this has now all been duelled now. So it was two schemes. So we've got spot roundabout to Oswaldine. That was opened on the twenty second of december nineteen ninety nine. Right. That was designed by East Lothian Council
0: and built by the ER RDC group. I remember them. Yep, yeah, they were they yeah. were bought up by someone I can't quite remember who but I right. remember them being bought over. They did a lot of the roundabout refurbishments in East Kilbride and the 725 726 many right. years ago and they did wee schemes like that all over. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this scheme incorporated a section of the concrete carriageway for southbound. Mm-hmm. So you've got about a kilometer. And the last bit is Oswald Dean to Innerwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that opened on the 22nd of January, 1998. And this is this used a section of the concrete carriageway for northbound traffic. Right, okay. So as you go on to the dual carriageway, it's concrete for about two kilometres or so. Mm-hmm. And that is also the end of the continuous dual carriageway from Edinburgh at Innerwick.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So there you go. Yeah. Now, I see here that there's a few blanks in the in the yes. construction history there. So we're trying to Need figure out who the... who designed the Bowerhouse to Spot section and then also who designed the Oswald Dean to Innerwick section and the contractor for that one as yeah. well. I, I guess it's probably realistic to assume East Lothian Council probably had some involvement in those three given they were involved in the spot roundabout to Oswald Dean uh, project. So yeah, yeah I guess at that section. Yeah. yeah. Be interesting to know who the uh, who the contractors were. Yeah. On those two. So if anyone knows, please get in touch and let us know
2: yeah so that okay. takes us down to the short section of dual carriageway or turning area at uh, the power station you mm-hmm. seen this it's yes. funny about this opened around about 1981 around about the time
1: of the concrete section mm-hmm. so it might have been built at the same time I think I wonder if the power station being there I'm not sure when the power station opened had something to do with this probably
2: because it is a big turning area for our swim big vehicles yeah. turning on and off the A1 so you've got a wee bit of overtaking going through there yeah so, south of there, we've got a bit of fairly generic, basic bit of A1. Before we get to Dunglass and Cockburn Spath.
1: Oh, how does it say? This is a pronunciation one for it. It's Coburn's Path, isn't Coburn's it? Coburn's Path. Coburn's right. Path, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm a... saying it too literally there. You like? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So,
2: <laughs> if you drive along there, you go over the Dunglass Gorge. There's right. several bridges that cross the gorge of various age. There's the railway one, there's two very old ones, and then there's been a couple of improvements so mm-hmm. the more recent ones that we're interested in is the Dunglass Gorge and Tower Gorge bridges that were constructed. These are the reinforced concrete structures. Yeah, This sits next to the A1. Mm-hmm. This opened on the 21st of December, 1932, and this was designed by Blythe and & Blythe and built by
1: Crowley, Russell & Co. <clears throat> Interesting. So this bridge I'd been on... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if a number of years ago, I was assisting one of my colleagues doing inspections on bridges on the A1. Yeah. And that particular bridge that you talk about, the gorge, I was looking at the A1 one, but the the older one that you speak of sits next to it. Yes. And it's you can't go on it with a vehicle, but
0: you can walk onto it. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and can see from there. And it's really quite impressive, actually. Yeah. Have you?
0: Yeah. I don't know, Stuart. Did you ever do <clears throat> yeah. that on your rounds? Yes, I've inspected that one um, a couple of times. Um, mm. It's quite impressive, actually. It is because yeah. the gorge is
2: very, very yeah. deep. It's yeah. quite yeah. a big gorge. It is. Yeah. Um, south of Coburn Spa, sorry, <laughs> there was there was a bit of a hill climb <laughs> heading south of there, so they realigned a bit of the A1. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the Chapel Hall diversion. This opened in March 1967. So this straightened out the hill climb a wee bit. So this is old. This is so this the was... on the old A1 now. Yeah. This has been bypassed. So this was designed by Berwick County Council and built by Rogers of Earlston. Okay. So that's that section. Mm-hmm. Now, in the 80s, as time <clears throat> went on, we were still using these reinforced bridges, but they began to suffer from the amount of traffic going over them. Yep. Yeah. So I think one of the options was either we bypass them or we put a weight limit on them. Yeah. And I think one was... Better than the other one, so we bypassed them with mm. the Coburn's Path bypass.
1: Okay, then this is built... ringing some
2: bells with yeah. me now, so let's, <laughs> so let's see was, what this guy's. Uh, we built the bridge, the new bridge at Dunglass, and we built another one at Tower Gorge. Now, Tower Gorge is just at the top of the sort of short dual carriageway right south of yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this bypass was designed by W.A. Fairhurst and Partners, and it was built by Shanks and McEwen, and this opened on the 7th of December 1992. Mm-hmm. So we've got Bob Pritchard helping us with some detail on Good this old section. Bob Pritchard. Yeah. Excellent. So there's a couple of interesting features along here. So the scheme was essentially to be single carriageway, reflecting the low traffic count at that time. A section of wide single carriageway was included at the west end to provide an overt opportunity for overtaking a section mm-hmm. of WS3, which is your overtaking lanes, for mm-hmm. the eastern half of the bypass because of the gradient white single carriageway that was built there that's quite rare for white single
1: carriageway is quite hmm. rare in scotland now yeah. this was something we just to take a slight sidebar here you hmm. see this quite a lot in england i know sections of the a5 are good examples of yeah. this so this is two lane single carriageway but very wide so that you could get three or even four vehicles abreast yes. overtaking uh in these sections yeah you know? so you don't have to build dual carriageway, dual carriageway yeah. you know you've, you can overtake down and the middle Unusually for
2: the A1, carry on here, this included a roundabout rather than a conventional staggered T junctions to provide access to Coburn's Path and Cove and the Hinderland. So you notice there's a roundabout south of the bridge and that was incorporated purely for space. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. uh, in an attempt to improve the safety of access from A1 to the row of cottages at Dunglass, a novel, a novel returnament was provided and it essentially a very short off slip which curves back on itself to provide a straight across movement. So, I'll try and explain this. Next to the glass Bridge, you've got what looks like a funny looking lay by. Right. So, you turn turn left, mm-hmm. go round the loop, and then you're pointing straight across the road. Okay. Rather than waiting in the middle and turning right. Right. So, it's kind of like the M9 at Newbridge where you've got the loop, but it's at grade. Yeah. So, you don't have a big overbridge. Interesting. Uh, so, that's okay. quite fancy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I can't say I've noticed that before. Yeah, I haven't. You, but we need to, uh, you know, afterwards maybe point this out to us on the map because yeah, I, I didn't know about is, that. Yeah,
2: it's just next to where the bridge is at Dunglass. You'll see this funny little lay-by and it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. an odd junction. I've not seen anything else quite like it, but it's quite fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got some information on the bridges here. The old Tower Bridge... Uh, was deemed structurally understrength and architecturally unworthy of retention so it was eventually demolished tractor shovels was the contractor Okay. the contractual constraints on demolition were complex since SIPA insisted that there should be no contamination of the stream below during demolition the oh. old A1 bridge at Dunglass was similarly structurally understrength but was architecturally a better quality of structure than a tower so it's been retained mm-hmm. although not for traffic use so it's still mm-hmm. there but it's you can only walk on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, both of the modern bridges are supported on a pair of reinforced concrete-shaped finger piers approximately 20 metres high and on concrete abutments. The foundations <laughs> are founded directly onto the bedrock. Both bridges were erected by launching them from one end, utilising the 2.5% gradient. And the superstructures at the pier supports were landed on jacks, which were subsequently lowered to improve the distribution of bending movements in the main girders. So that's quite fancy bridge <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, th-
0: I think it's like Duncan. You're, you're yeah. teaching Stuart some things here.
1: Things. <laughs> Did you know some of this Stuart, about that structure? It doesn't,
0: doesn't surprise me. I didn't know that. I yeah. Bit, so I they built it at up yeah. high side of the hill and they yeah. slid it down. Slid it down. It's down quite it. fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's simple, Good, but it works. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yep. so that's gun glass there okay. So south of there we've got a small section of dual carriageway mm-hmm. uh this was built in two sections we're talking about the bottom section which was the penman Shield diversion so there's quite a big story that happened here essentially uh, a railway tunnel collapsed um and this involved this needed to have a diversion of the railway and they had to pull the a1 a new alignment as well so i've got a big bit of information here which just will give me b- before you jump on that yeah. yeah
0: before you jump on that duncan i'm just looking at some of your dates and notes here mm-hmm. so that tower farm to penman shield section uh, we're looking for designer and contractor information yeah, for that the, is that right that's the
2: dual carriageway section yeah, yeah. Uh, there
0: was an extension to that one yeah, yeah. Uh, coburn's path uh, and i uh, and Interesting to see a few schemes in the 90s here. So, obviously, there a lot was of a, a, a concerted effort. I suppose that's yeah. when,
2: you know, we started to use the A1 a bit yeah, more. Yeah, Traffic went up, yeah. you
0: Yeah, know? a bit more justification for some widening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Yep. Sorry. So, Penman Shield. Penman Shield railway disaster. So, I'll read you through what is written here in a report by Lieutenant Colonel IKA McNaughton. Okay. Who mm-hmm. wrote a report of the accident. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> essentially, what they were doing on the railway between edinburgh and london was deepening the tunnels right so they would remove the railway track dig a yep. wee bit down and put it back in and that means bigger trains can go through and, and probably to a lot
0: electrification as well a lot I electrification
2: it. yeah and yeah. um, so they were working at a wee tunnel at penman Shield. yeah and um one of the 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 people who were in it had noticed that there was a bit of fraying on the tunnel so he went oh i've got to get that checked out so he walked out the tunnel mm-hmm. and a 20 meter section collapsed behind him jeez yeah um, unfortunately two men lost their lives okay. but we managed to get the majority of people out, apart from those two guys so there's yeah. a, memori- a memorial uh, above the hill for them right okay. so I'll read a bit of the of the report here mm-hmm. okay. at the time of the accident work was in hand to increase the effective headroom by lowering the floor of the tunnel the work on the up southbound track had been completed and it had been reopened for single line traffic while a party of contractors employees were engaged in tidying up the newly excavated floor Preparator- preparatory to the relaying of the downline where the roof of the tunnel collapsed over a length of some 20 meters allowing a quantity of broken rock estimated at over 2,000 tons to pour into the tunnel blocking it completely of the men at work in the tunnel 13 made their good escape but two were overwhelmed by the fall of rock and lost their lives despite urgent and determined efforts at their rescue and recovery including the attendance of a mines rescue team fortunately no train was in or closely approaching the tunnel at that time of the collapse so we had this bit of a nasty disaster. Yeah. Now this, when did that happen? <clears throat> we got it here in May nineteen seventy-nine. So right, it okay. collapsed, I believe, on the seventeenth of March. Right, okay. So that but then this created a bit of an issue because now the railway between Edinburgh and Berwick is now blocked. Yeah. yeah. So there was a, a big pooling of all engineers to say, well what can we do here? Hmm. Uh, It became apparent soon after the accident that removal of the collapsed material would be a difficult and possibly very dangerous operation and that the reopening of the tunnel to traffic would take a long time and also be extremely expensive. It was decided therefore to abandon the tunnel and divert the line on a new alignment in open cut to the west of the tunnel. The diversion scheme was commenced on the 7th of May and open to normal traffic on the 20th of August, 1979.
0: Very quick turnaround. Yes. Mm.
2: I believe they pulled in tractor shovels who excavated this <clears throat> huge cutting right. alongside the tunnels to put the railway back in. Yeah. Now you're probably thinking, what does this have to do with the A1? Yeah, yeah. The old alignment of the A1 crossed a sort of zigzag bend near the top of where the tunnel was. Now the tunnel's all been blocked off and it's overgrown. Yeah. Um, But because of the, the work to move the railway they needed to move the bridge and the road. So Fairhurst <laughs> had a scheme, uh, which I'll read out here. Okay. The original scheme programme was to provide dual carriageways from the southeast end of Cockburnspath Bypass. Sorry. i so programme. Okay. a bit obsessed a- by Cockburn, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Duncan Coburn. Behave yourself, Stuart, please. You've <laughs> uh-huh. been trying for years, Duncan. <laughs> um... It was accelerated in response to the collapse of the Penman Shield Railway Tunnel. The recovery work involved a permanent realignment of the East Coast Main Line and a temporary realignment of the A1, including a new bridge over the East Coast Main Line southeast of the tunnel, until such a time as the permanent A1 Penman Shield dueling scheme was constructed. The contract for the realignment of the East Coast Main Line and associated local realignments of the A1 was awarded to Sir Robert McAlpine's. Right. So they were in charge of uh, moving all this stuff about. Mm -hmm. Rock excavation was undertaken by McAlpine subcontractor Tractor Shovels and in six weeks the cutting was complete and 200,000 cubic yards of rock and 100,000 cubic yards of soft dig had been excavated. Much of the excavated material was used to form embankments for a previously planned realignment of the A1 trunk road and also for embankments for a temporary diversion of the A1 to suit the realignment of the
0: railway interesting so
2: yeah this is a very very quick bit of construction so this was a, a temporary fix for the a1 until we could tie it into the completion of the scheme so we had bits of temporary road joining up to the railway bridge right. so the railway bridge opened around about august 1979 and the dual carriageway to the north of that opened around about 1982 and this as we said before the dual carriageway was extended north to tower farm in november 1996.
0: Okay, so, mm, so there we go. Th- this is a good a good point to ask one of the, the listener questions that, that have come mm-hmm. in, and, and Richard Llewellyn on, on Twitter had asked, uh, was the upgrade at Penman Shield due to the, the tragedy of the 1979 rail tunnel collapse, or was this always planned to be realigned in the location anyway?
2: It was always planned to be realigned, but they had to pull it forward and yeah. build a wee bit of temporary <clears throat> advanced works okay, um, see. to fit in with the railway railway incident mm, so,
0: yeah so the road was always going to be upgraded there was always in. going to be yeah. an improvement there <clears throat> yeah um,
2: so south of there we've got the section from penman Shield down to Eton. uh so this the a1 was improved at renton so we're back down to single carriage and this was opened in february 1968 this was designed by berwick county council and built again by rogers limited of earlston so this was a wee realignment that they did of the a1 so it doesn't go through
1: the village of Renton, I think. It's like a like a bypass there. A little bypass, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know the I know this bit because right. you can see the the, the old road. There's there's not a row of cottages and old houses that yes. sits off the road. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a few culverts in there uh, that, that that I've inspected over the years. Right. And uh, so yeah, these are a nightmare to stop
1: at and get yeah. to. Yeah. And
0: and the road's just slightly west. Mm-hmm. I think it is at yeah. that location of the of the the old houses. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it there. Uh,
2: and then we've got another section of dual carriageway. Right? Uh, this was this runs between Houndwood and Lemington, mm-hmm. and this was built in two sections. So the first sort of eastern section of the dual carriage was, was Howburn to Lemington, and this was completed in November 1997. Not sure who built this or who designed it, so we'll appeal for info again. Yeah. And then this was extended west in July 2003 and this was again designed by that strange uh, consultant Scott Wilson Kirkpatrick <laughs> <laughs> and
1: built so, again by Balfour Beatty. So yeah. I didn't know this so down that bit section at Houndwood I know that we're we talking about the duel at Houndwood Yes, because I know some parts of the carriageway they actually split quite wide in bits yeah. as you're going through it. It's quite it's quite twisty It's quite twisty bit, day. yeah. And mm-hmm. you're saying that was actually extended south yeah. in 2003? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was extended
2: oh. up to the west in 2003. Oh, So we had a right. short section for a vehicle Taken and it was made a bit bigger. Made, made useful, yes. so to speak. Indeed.
1: Yeah, okay. Interesting. Very
2: incremental improvements in places
1: so far, but yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Uh, then after this, we've got another fairly straightforward bit of the A1 as it's travelling through fields. And mm-hmm. then we get to Ayton, the Ayton Bypass. And this opened in 1981. Don't have an exact date for this. Okay. Uh, this was again W.A. Fairhurst and it was built by Miller Construction. And this was a single carriageway bypass to the north of Ayton. And this features a climbing lane southbound taking you up the hill away from there. Uh So we've got some more info from Mr. Pritchard. Uh, The scheme includes two new three-span composite reinforced concrete and steel girder bridges designed by Fairhurst using corton weathering steel supported on reinforced concrete piers and abutments. Uh, one bridge carries the A1 over the I-Water, and the other carries the aiton eyemouth Road over the A1. So there's a couple of bridges across, yep. over the top. And then at the eastern section, we've got the crossing underneath the railway. Uh, so this was a little scheme here. At the southeast end of the proposed bypass, a new concrete bridge to carry the East Coast Main Line railway over was designed by British Rail, together with short temporary links to the old A1 in advance of completion of the main Aiton bypass works. The bridge was built by Redpath, Dorman, Long, and the associated road designed by Fairhurst. Construction
1: was completed between 1977 and 1979. Mm, so that's okay. the railway at the bottom. So I know got, exactly what you're talking about. You are getting to the kind of southern extremities of the road here. The road yeah. here yeah. Yeah. So
2: there's a small, there's an overtaking lane taking you up the hill towards uh, Leamington. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been looking on the maps and there was an improvement at Lemington. Because originally you sort of you bent inland and you went all twisty for a wee bit, and this was straightened out. Right. Don't know much about this or when this opened. Mm-hmm. This opened around about seventy-five, nineteen seventy-six. Okay. So again, if anyone knows anything about that, yeah. let me know. Just a realignment. Mm-hmm. What we do know: the last bit of the dual carriage we taking you down to Berwick was known as Marshall Meadows to Leamington. So this is the dual carriage that takes you over the border. Uh, this opened on the nineteenth of August, nineteen ninety-three. This was designed by Borders County Council and built by Balfour Beatty. And this was all ready to go in about nineteen ninety, and one person objected to it, and it delayed the whole thing. And yeah. there were, and it, this cost around about three point eight million. Okay. So this takes us across the border into England.
0: Yeah. So you, you said that was three miles of dual carriageway. Yeah, I know that section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that you're very close to the coast there. You're very close yeah. to the coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're
2: kind of hemmed in. Yeah. Um, and then. This takes us down to Berwick okay. so in the last section. So the mm-hmm. Berwick bypass, and this was opened on the 4th of November, 1983.
0: Okay, so another fairly, fairly recent, recent. Fairly recent. recent. In, uh, in, the, in terms of modern road modern, schemes, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I've just noticed that that section, that southern section going towards Berwick, there is a grade-separated junction. There is. I've never noticed that. It's just before... It's very, very
2: well tucked away.
1: It's tucked, yeah. It's only when I'm looking at the the map, and then it's it's just prior to the border with England. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, okay. i
2: got some pictures up there looking down because the A1's on a big, long, straight section, so it's good for zoom photography if you're into that. Yeah, so the Berwick Mm -hmm.
0: Bypass, was it... uh, Was it... Is there any of it in Scotland?
2: No, no. What I can what I can gather is it yeah. hit the top of Berwick and then it ended. Okay, I went back to the old A one before that was uh perhaps jeweled.
0: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that Lamberton to Marshall Meadows scheme then. That's um, the southern end. That's of the, the southern end. That takes A1. you to the end of the border. Yes. Uh, the edge of the border. Ah, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yes.
1: yes, it's one of these things I've always pondered about the relationship that. You know, uh, the English highway authorities and the Scottish highway authorities would have had, in in, in in coming up with a kind of a, but uh, making that strategic corridor, is it is it a bit of a, uh, uh, we'll do some on our end, you do some on ours, or is it uh, we'll do all ours on ours, and then it goes all rubbish again when you go across the border? You <laughs> I know, think there was
2: a bit, there was a bit of to and fro as to how yeah. far beyond the border it was going to go, mm. but I think it was just for ease, it would go just beyond Lamberton and then it would end. Yeah, so, so that's.
0: That's been a really fascinating route overview yeah. across both parts. We have, some, we have some gaps to fill and we're yes, hoping people we listening do. will be able to help fill those gaps. But I think, considering all that, it's clear looking at some of the 1990 schemes and thinking back to routes south of Edinburgh, I think there was a clear objective to dual all of the A1 mm-hmm. in Scotland. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was obviously a aim of the... 1979-1997 government, you yes. know, the Conservative government. that they, they were gradually working through that in the 90s. And then when the Scottish Office uh, was was not abolished as such, but was replaced by the, the Scottish Executive, the Executive had a slightly different, uh, different priorities. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than the Expressway scheme...
1: And the incremental stuff. Like yeah,
0: there the, the basically hasn't been any major upgrade to the A1 since.
1: No. Not really since two thousand and five. No.
0: Yeah. Now we know that there's there was there is an A1 action group, and and I think that
1: on the on the latest SDPR yeah. it does mention A1 improvements. Does yeah. it not? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think
0: dueling though has been ruled out. Okay. Completely. Yeah. R- you know, dueling the remaining is it twelve or thirteen miles? It's not a lot. It's it's not a there's, I think you are out of case. So I think
1: Duncan <clears> said say there's more dual carriage than a single carriage. Yeah,
2: there is. Yeah. I've about two thirds of it in Scotland is now all dueled. Yeah.
0: Mm. So. Um, and, and I think the the, the dueling of the rest of it has been ruled out by the STPR2 process, mm. but improvements are being considered. Yeah. Um That that kind of brings me on to how the route operates. Okay. Yes. Um, how does it operate? How how, how efficient is it? How Right. Successful is it? How resilient is it to issues and incidents and the like? Okay. Does it suffer from congestion? Okay.
1: I'll speak about what I know from it. From using it in the context of England to Scotland. Mm-hmm. I have not, never been a commuter on it. I have never really found myself held up driving on it. The English parts of the A1 seem to be quite busy and have long sections yes. of single single carriage. And we, we spoke about this a little bit in the first part of the podcast. But uh, in Scotland, if I'm most of it dual-carriage, I make very good progress. I Mm -hmm. don't really get held up on it. It does that job. In terms of resilience, at the top end, we've got the A199, which is the old A1. You know, in those sections there. So if something was to close the road, you can get off onto these other sections. I think it operates really quite well. Uh, Although it's not a straight line going down to England, I generally prefer to take the a sixty eight. Uh, just because I find it a more direct route if I'm going into England, but I have taken mm. the A1 on the odd occasion. Yeah. It's a less stressful drive sometimes than the the A68, yeah. you know, which is always single carriageway and you can get stuck behind things on that.
0: But mm. that's my thoughts on it, um, mm-hmm. Stuart. I I've used it several times. I've never had any problem uh, with it. Uh, the, Agricultural vehicles in the single sections can mm. be a bit of a pain mm. at times. Slow-moving tractors and the like, that can cause a bit of frustration. Platooning is another issue. Yes. Um, trucks in convoy with long lines of traffic behind. And then when you get to the dual carriageway section, it's like drag racing as everybody, everybody. takes <laughs> off. Does that um, remind you of a
1: certain road, Duncan?
0: Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, as we said earlier, the traffic flows have obviously increased um, quite significantly over the years as yes. well. Although
1: I've not seen heavy traffic on these northern sections because of the, this extended eastern commuter belt, yeah. I find it very believable. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I can see that. Stuart, would you say it's your preferred way of getting into uh, the east, northeast of England?
0: No, mm. uh, it's it's my it would be my preferred way if I was not in a hurry. Right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I was doing a routine trip to Newcastle. For example, I would take the M seventy four and then the E sixty nine.
1: Oh, you do? Oh, you're a sixty nine guy. Yeah. Because I I always would take sixty six and go up. But it the, depends. Well, yeah. that's
0: not good for Newcastle. The sixty six. T side is okay. Yeah. T side would be fine for that. Yeah. But I would I would use the E sixty nine for for Newcastle mm. rather than the E one. Not even um, consider a sixty eight. Could I don't like the A68 on oh. the English side.
1: Right. He doesn't, yeah. I, he's, he's not, not man fan. enough for it because he's yeah. got these switchbacks on it and it's fantastic. Yeah, you know? I, oh, I love that. I, I don't <laughs> mind
0: The, the A68 on the Scottish side has been improved so much over the years and it's it was route, of, it's, route south of Edinburgh had a, had a yeah. factor in that and they improved yeah. that. And at one point, actually, I think they were considering potential dueling of sections of the A68 as well. Well, there
1: was a Jedburgh bypass. Yeah. yeah there's plus plans for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so.
0: Yeah. You know, so... I, I get it. If I was going from Edinburgh to Newcastle, I would probably use part of the E sixty eight and then the E six nine eight or the six nine seven. And yeah. then the cut Otterburn across. Road yeah, yeah, and then cut across to, to the a one there. Yeah. I really don't enjoy the long section north of Newcastle on the on the no. A one. I mean
1: So the good news is about this, is Highways England are doing something about that. Yeah. They've yes. got dueling probes up at Annick and yeah, places like that and there's Ellington there's
2: been years talking about dueling the, the first section of single carriage north of Morpeth Yes, Morpeth to Felton so there's a bit of online and offline there mm-hmm. and then there's another section
0: south of Bilton, is it south of there in England
2: Yeah, the, Berwick, there's a bit of dueling going on there,
1: there so is, yeah. the,
0: the question is if the A1 was dueled in its entirety between Edinburgh and Newcastle would it be the quickest route between Newcastle and Edinburgh or would it still be quicker to go other ways I think mm. it would be and it would be less frustrating
1: because mm-hmm. you've got to remember, 68 all single carriageway. Yeah. If you're going down the M74 and across the uh, A69, yeah. The A69 is mostly single carriageway at the western end. It only becomes dual uh, down to Newcastle. At, is it, it's uh, I can't remember the name. Core Bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that section there. No, I think the A1 would just completely win out if it was.
0: Yeah. It, it, it would be tra- it
1: would be quite tremendous. I think people would change the way they travel into Scotland that way. Mm-hmm. You know, city bypass would suffer, but mm. you know that's yeah that's that's one. If you could come up with an argument against it, you know that would be one thing. As a city bypass would be required to be upgraded to to, yeah. to do that. Okay. So there, Duncan, you've been on it very recently, very recently, uh, and probably got the most up to date observations. Um, uh, anything you want to add what, about
2: it? Um, I mean, south of Dunbar you go down to single carriageway going past um, Mm Torness. And then it goes up to... And it it doesn't last long. That's the thing. Because I'm used to the A9 with its big, long single carriageway sections. This, you're on single carriageway but it doesn't last long. Mm -hmm. So you're stuck buying stuff but it's not for long. And then before you've got overtaking. And some of these overtaking lanes can be quite a good distance because some of them Join onto the dual carriageway, so you've got a sort of extra bit of overtaking. That's a big naughty thing against modern
1: standards, that, yeah. I mean,
2: (laughs) I only went as far as Berwick, but it functioned fine when I was Mm. on it, because I wasn't really in a rush, because I was going to Berwick for the day. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, it did okay, and it wasn't really held up an awful lot. So,
1: do you think it's maybe the
0: English side that's letting it down at the moment? Yes
2: because yeah. south of berwick you've got a very long section of single carriage that, right? that's
0: been my perception of it as well over the mm. years that on the scottish side it's fine if you're going to berwick for the day yeah it's an all right route but if you've got to make the long drive from down berwick to newcastle, to newcastle that yeah. does get quite frustrating that's fine. So well, a lot of tractors and agricultural vehicles yeah that's the right? thing
2: when i was on it the one thing that ruins it and it brings you down to slow crawl is the tractors yeah mm. trucks seem to sort of trundle along okay mm-hmm. tractors Really
1: big big pit, problem yeah.
0: and, and I think as a road that has a, a reasonable safety record it's pretty well. reasonable yeah. yeah
2: it's probably why we haven't really pursued a lot
1: of yeah. drilling proposals yeah. they've, got, they've always had more speed cameras on the Scottish side haven't yes. they the, it's always been a road that's had speed cameras 68 being the same it has mm-hmm. a lot of them on the Scottish side so yeah, yeah. But, I know I mean if you want to find out more about Highway, Highways England schemes you can go on their website and they have all kinds of these yes. different I mean these two or three schemes that we've mentioned yes. for improving mm-hmm. that uh, maybe as it stands it's fine in Scotland I don't know, maybe we, we, we don't need to pursue I mean, a huge amount of dueling.
2: If you were gonna duel it, there would be several problems mm. with what it. What would be the challenging bit? Because um north of Berwick, you the A one goes very, very close to the coast and mm-hmm. you can see the very very thick barrier that you've got from the sheer drop to yeah. the railway line, then you've got the cliffs. Okay. There's a couple of sections further inland south of along from Eton where it's very, very close to it's sort of the equivalent of Dunkeld for the A one instead of the A nine, you know, mm-hmm. houses very, very close. You've then got the railway line, which kind of weaves around it quite a lot. Yeah, You've got some underbridges yeah. as well, which would be a problem. So you know, you might have to do a completely new alignment. That's the thing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was on it, I was, I was the A9 in terms of a construction of a single carriageway is better mm-hmm. because it's more they designed it all with flowing alignment. This is kind yeah. of rather piecemeal. Yeah, so yeah. there would be sections <clears> where you would have to build an entirely new road rather than follow what's there already. Yeah. And other they're doing that with the A96. With this, you could probably get away with it in some sections, but... I know, see you around about Grant's
1: house would be particularly difficult because yes. you're right up against railway lines, mm-hmm. uh, villages, other roads and stuff like that. You would have to do a new alignment. Probably tunneling might be involved in areas and stuff. It could become quite along, expensive. Along the coast, maybe, because yeah. you've got a very, very high embankment away from the coastline, so that's, that may be an option. do speculate. I just know the kind of people like say if we use people on Saber as an example, they probably look at a map and they think, you know, it would just look great if it was just dual. It would be lovely on the map. It but, would be, and know. I sympathise with that to a yes. degree. But uh, you know, it's you're, you're right. There are some big
0: challenges there. Mm-hmm. If you could dual one section of the single that's left, I love these right. Questions. Okay, <laughs> what uh, what section would you choose and why? And why? Ooh. Um, in terms of
2: I wonder what they would do to it I would say north of Lamberton along okay. the coastline just uh-huh. to see what would happen there Um, in terms of a functionality I would maybe join up those two bits in the middle
1: yeah because that would give okay. you a nice that's, big bit in the middle that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say is mm-hmm. join up the two big bits in the middle mm-hmm. yeah and then it, it's kind of like what they're doing at the moment on the A nine at the current one at the southern end down at um, Lankerty. yes. it joins up two bits of dual carriageways, and it almost feels like you have this huge net gain, mm-hmm. but you've only built a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit yes. of it. So no, I, I think the one in the middle is the one I'd love to see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a that's a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. I consider that answer there.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing: there is another big, big glaring problem, and we I spoke about this on this podcast for the A720. Mm -hmm. Old Craig Hall, as much as uh, you know, we we spoke about in the last one. That is going to become a really big problem, especially when Sheriff Hall Mm -hmm. is grade separated. I think if they're going to be doing improvements there, that that and the A1 in general, let's talk about Old Craig Hall, and they need to make it free flow. Mm-hmm, yes. Through it, and they need some kind of system to make something better there. I think a free flow slip to the A1 eastbound would
2: mm-hmm. be better rather than making the whole thing free flow. That's very expensive probably a lot of people coming off the bypass and then going down the A1. Yeah,
0: that, that's, a, that's an easy fix and a, an inexpensive fix. Yes. And mm-hmm. you will got a lot of benefit from that. Mm-hmm. You're talking about we're coming up the A1 yeah. and then we want to go
1: onto the bypass heading west. And we just turn left and go round. You, you take a lane, but just, coming from the bypass and going then to the A1 south. That's, big tunnels or big bridges you either need a bailison type thing that Dude, because, is,
0: that, is, that a, is that a common manoeuvre yeah
1: I would imagine they do because yep. most people aren't going along the bypass and then go turn into Edinburgh they're probably going along there to make a strategic journey as in I want to go south or I'm heading out into East Lothian you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I don't have the flows here but I bet you if you split the traffic it would be 70% of them taking the A1 yep. south rather than mm. north ok so there we go get, get all your bridge piers out and build yeah. something big yep
0: <laughs> From a, a usability point of view or a user-friendly point of view, um, what about service provision? Now, we've got the old services at muscle Is it Musselboro? Musselboro. Is it called Musselboro? I think it is Musselboro Services, is it? At old Craig Hall. Oh, you're yes. talking about yeah, this is the other arm yeah. that comes off the roundabout. Yep. Yep. So you've got the old services there, which are mm. fascinating. Yeah. Because it was originally a traditional type motorway service area, but a lot of it's been closed down now and you get mm-hmm. the petrol station and mm. yeah, i uh, about that. Went there maybe a couple of years ago. I think you were with me and yeah, all yep. felt a bit we wrong went in down. There, yep, yeah. Yep. So you've got mm. that now south of there, or east of there, depending on how you look at it. Mm.
2: What else is there? You have their services just off spot roundabout, which is your what is it? Asda or Morrison's? Yeah, something Asda off there. there.
0: McDonald's there. Are they? Are they signed the services? Yes, they are. They have the a okay. little sign that of
2: services off the roundabout right. south of there. Hmm, you might have to probably wait till Berwick yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I and think then, there yeah. is a there's a small sort of pull in restaurant at south of Eton. Right, There's something along there. Okay, but you know Berwick does have services just off the road. Yeah, and you've so got Morrison's convenient. at Berwick as well. Yes.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, so it doesn't have a lot of official... Of big, s- yeah. hill type mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like the A9 in that sense. Mm-hmm. Or the A90, where there's... You, you got, there's not a lot of great service areas, yeah, yeah, are there? Yeah, sort of gaps between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Interesting. To drive it, now you drove it the other day. Yes. How How did you find it to drive? How did you find the dual carriageway? My experience says the dual carriageway is often treated as a bit of a racetrack.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It is. Yeah. Um... What about the single carriageway? Was it, was um, it, from an alignment point of view, nice long straight sections? Nice long
2: straight sections, but it's just a bit too busy to do yeah. overtaking. Maybe quieter at night, early in the morning, it would mm-hmm. be all right. A lot coming the other way, you mean? Yes, mm. in terms of platooning and convoying, waiting for the... You, I mean, you could probably get away with doing a couple of overtakes, but you may as well wait. Yeah, until the dual carriageway. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. John, what about your opinion on this? Yeah, I know it's not a road you know very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, again, i just go back to what I said earlier. I mean, I've only used it for the end-to-end trips. I've not reused really it to, oh, I need to nip out to Dunbar. Or, uh, uh, I've only used it really end-to-end for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Never had any issues with it. Yeah. Personally, I've got, got back and forward.
0: Now, you, um, you mentioned earlier, and I think you mentioned in part one, that mm-hmm. you would use or you prefer the E 6 to 8 to the E yeah. one Mm -hmm. And and is that primarily to do with the English section that we've discussed about the long...
1: Yeah, I just find I get stuck behind a lot of things, but it's also the circuitous nature of it. There's something in my brain, when I look at maps, I like to take direct routes Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, and I know, yeah, there's dual carriageway, which which is enticing on the A1, but you're like, you know what, I've got to go all the way east on the coast, and I've got to go all the way back down again. And I think to myself, it's like, the a 60 I might have a clear run of this, and it's an enjoyable road. I think it's it's a drive driver's road it's hmm. fun you know yeah um so that that's often the reason why i take the a68
0: one section we haven't discussed so far in either either of the parts is the far northern end of the dual carriageway i really dislike that junction where the dual carriageway comes to an end and you're dumped at that signalized junction
2: in edinburgh yeah ah that the, was originally a roundabout yeah and i and remember when that it was out. upgraded yeah
0: and i i never i didn't feel as though there was much benefit from the upgrade <laughs> Um, I I remember being quite frustrated with what we ended up with there. You can kind of see where the dual carriageway should have gone if it had continued, the way it just comes to a grinding halt. Well, that can be a bloody frustrating junction, that one, <laughs> especially because it's so close to Fort Canard. Yes. And there's a big ASDA store there as well. And you've got, the, again, you've got the main road coming out of Musselburgh, you know, busy. coming up that way. It's bloody busy. busy. Yeah. And it can be a nightmare. And I, I think it would be good to see some improvements. So you mm. one minute you're flying along a dual carriageway, 60, 70 miles an hour, and the next minute you hit these traffic lights. Mm. And it's it's like Edinburgh as a as a as a whole. You know, if you're trying to get anywhere near the city centre. You, the you, expressways fizzle yeah. out as you go Yeah, in. you come along well, these nice roads and you're
1: dumped five, six miles shy the of the center centre. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm looking here, really, at, at maps, so I am cheating a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, Stuart, I can see what you say, just as you get, you, there's that roundabout uh, at up at like Asda, yeah. I suppose, and then there's a short section of dual carriageway that then goes to an at-grade junk, and then it stops. Yeah. There's room you could
0: dual it further yeah, yeah. into town. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I mean there is there is space to do that uh in certain areas with limited compulsory purchase.
0: Yeah, it tucks very closely to and against the East Coast mainline there as yeah, well. It does, so it does. you'd yeah. have to build over that and cut and cover Yeah, so that, that's fascinating. Just to throw that in there as a mm. as an alternative. Uh, you know, just an extra. Okay. Um I think we've more or less covered everything about the yeah. A1. Mm. I think so.
1: Yeah, I think just it. maybe in another parallel universe, it's a big blue line on a map. It's the M1 all the way up to Edinburgh. The, yeah, the A1M or the M1 into the Edinburgh and the Ring Road. And yeah, that's just it. But it's not to be. But you know what? There's far worse roads in Scotland. Yes. Uh, in terms of it, it's never misbehaved mm. in my book. Not on the Scottish side, on the English side. I'll,
0: I'll say
2: this: I prefer it now to the A96. Okay, Z ninety six is a road that I am not a big fan <laughs> oh, of. Oh, I, I, I know, unfortunately. I know. And one day I've done a lot of research with it, and it's very interesting. But right. driving it in to end, it's just a bit of a, a bit of a slog. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's very yeah. long. I mean, mm-hmm. we we done it, Stuart. Uh, this I found works much better because it's all jeweled, so you're a bit more well, more of it jeweled yeah, as yeah. you're chugging along so it's uh...
1: okay i know i i made the, this point before is a single carriageway's do make you kind of nervous and then yeah. you're like and you get past things and then you can't stop because all the things you've overtaken they'll go by you and it's like <laughs> you can't stop
2: in the labor you got to keep going you've
1: got to keep going because you just get held up all the time you know yeah. so i know it's it's uh, frustrating but mm-hmm. there you go
0: okay um I'll just take the opportunity here to, to give a brief update on, on things, other things that are happening. Good. Um, Duncan yeah. should say thanks again for joining us. Thank you very uh, much. Thanks thank for thank having you. me. And, and thank you for the work you do with the Glasgow Motorway Archive. Your membership of, of the, the organisation is appreciated. Our and main uh,
1: archivist for the north yep. Yep. or the south, in this case, is moonlighting the <laughs> for this yep. side. You've done a huge amount of research on this. There's piles of paper um, kind of surrounding you at yes. the moment. Thank you. You're yeah, Really, really welcome. Uh, and more thanks again to it. the
0: various uh, guys who sent in information as well. Yep. Um, you know, Susan helped us along with that. Uh, okay, in terms of other things that we're doing... Uh- sadly the answer still is not a great deal uh, yeah things have started to unlock but there's certainly no you,
1: you say this but see behind the scenes Stuart the amount <laughs> of slide <laughs> scanning that's been going oh, on lately yeah. the amount of material we've got in terms of actual booklets and other things and Duncan you've helped with this as well yes you know yeah. uh, there's there's we're getting a lot more stuff it's just getting it out there yeah I think mm-hmm.
0: I just think it would be nice to get out there and amongst people again yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping later in the year that, that something might happen mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what's coming up we've got the Erskine Bridge 50th anniversary happening in July, that's the Mm -hmm. 2nd of July Friday Mm -hmm. Um, again we've had an appeal on social media for any information but if anyone has any old photographs uh, that we don't have already uh, because you've already been in touch, then you know. By all means, let us know. Absolutely. Please let us know. Mm. We, we we could use the assistance. So we have a nice booklet coming up for the fiftieth, <gasps> same as we had for Kingston, and there's a, a number of other wee bits and bobs of merchandise are going to be available as well that people can snap up. So stay tuned for that. We will have an Erskine special podcast coming up. Mm. John's very excited about this. Is it's it? his favorite Clyde Crossing? Is it? Uh, it is my favorite. Clyde yeah, crossing. yeah. Good. I, 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 don't personally don't get it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We'll have it anyway. Uh, so that's coming up, and uh, uh, that'll probably come in June. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that'll be the June edition, so that is in time for the for the anniversary. And uh, as John says, we're still digitising and scanning and doing things behind the scenes, and the website continues to be updated with some detailed route histories and development that will mm. be rolled out. That's We've good. been doing a lot of filming with GoPros and things to bring videos forward as well for the various routes. Mm-hmm. So that's all happening, but that's about it for the moment I'm going to
1: steal the airwaves for a second and just because we were talking about Airskin yes. if people are listening and they have questions about Erskine Bridge please send them in if people have anecdotes, stories or information that is relevant to us about it send them in too yes. everything will get a nice special mention on this podcast Indeed, should celebrate it
0: oh, absolutely, I think so, it's a major piece of engineering it is mm-hmm. indeed okay well I hope you've enjoyed part two as much as you did part one Um, we will be back next month with another episode Uh, as always you can find all of our episodes in the usual podcast places including Podbean Apple Podcasts Spotify you'll also find a copy on YouTube
1: that's right and you can also find us on social media on Facebook Twitter and Instagram for your daily fix
0: And if you want to review any of the podcasts and you listen on a platform that allows you to do so, please do that. It's a good way of us getting some feedback and knowing that you're enjoying what we're doing. And if you do have any suggested topics or subjects that you'd like us to talk about, please get in touch and let us know. Uh, On that note, John, thank you. Duncan, thank you again. Thank you very much. And we will speak to you all very soon. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye.